Welcome, welcome everyone to Mental Wellness Mondays with me, your host, Dr. Nicole L. Arcady, your mental wellness expert. I come to you with over 19 years of experience in the field of social and behavioral sciences. I am so glad that you stopped by to listen and check in on my podcast show. This podcast is dedicated to you, professional working mothers. You're often hard on yourselves, having multiple roles that you're having to balance. So what this podcast does is it taps into the challenges and the struggles that you may face while offering you a different perspective on how to look at things to ensure your mental wellness, to ensure that you are taking care of yourself, that you are utilizing self-care items. I will be interviewing different people and also providing different topics with tips and tools on how to enhance your mental wellness. Well, you may be thinking, well, I'm not a mom or I don't work. It's okay. You can still listen and be able to find some inspirational items here that are going to help you towards transformation. The information that's going to be provided is all towards helping to motivate you find healthy and a happy life balance. So sit back, Buckle up and be ready to be transformed. And I want to thank you again for taking the time to visit, listen, and just see what this Mental Wellness Mondays is all about. everyone welcome welcome to mental wellness mondays with me your host dr nicole lr katie your mental wellness expert we are now entering into fall i actually love fall i don't know about the rest of you guys but i love the fall weather i was talking to a few friends of mine and some you know we were debating because some just love the summer months and they cannot stand when it starts to get cold. So they were just talking about how they are just waiting and and they love when it's sunny and every bit of sun that comes out, they want to keep wearing their shorts and, you know, just the summer wear. And I have to say, no, even though I'm a summer baby, I love the fall weather, the fall months. I mean, and in California, the unfortunate thing is we don't really have fall like other states have. You know, I always joke and say that our four seasons is hot, hotter, hottest, and hottest, right? Hot, hot, hottest kind of thing. And so whenever the weather changes a little bit and it starts to get cooler, I am so quick to pull out my boots and to put all my scarves and my jackets, my coats, because I just love the fall weather. And so that just kind of signifies for us, fall is here when we start to get into the October month. And the interesting thing is typically when we get further into the month of October, that's when we'll start to see more of the winds or more of the chillier weather starts to really creep in. And so during this month, also in October, we're actually, I don't know if you guys are aware, but October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month and Intimate Partner Violence Awareness Month. So two big major heavy issues during this month. And so I want to just talk with you guys a little bit about this because I think it's very important for us to be aware of, you know, just these different um 
subjects because it does impact us as women. And so one I want to talk about first is just the breast cancer awareness because it does affect about 13% of women will be diagnosed with breast cancer within their lifetime. So that's one in eight women. I know the numbers may seem kind of low. I did get these numbers from the National Cancer Institute, um, but that's still, you know, one woman is still one woman too many kind of a thing. And so one of the things that they have attributed and what they've noticed is the rates of breast cancer has actually gone down in the United States. I think that's amazing. I'm like, yes. You know, we need to make sure that this doggone breast cancer and cancer in general just stops killing our women. My maternal grandmother actually died not from breast cancer, but from um, she had ovarian cancer. And so that's just something just to be mindful, you know, making sure women some preventative measures, the things that we can do to reduce our risk. Of course, they talk about, you know, just the things that we're eating, eating more lean proteins. And so being mindful of the types of foods that we are putting inside of our bodies. And if you're not aware, don't know well, what some, you know, healthier options or ways to eat, you know, being able to speak to a nutritionalist is very helpful. I find that to be very, I found it, I should say, to be very helpful. And that's one of the things that we are actually incorporating at my counseling center is collaborating with the nutritionist because it's, you know, mind, body, and spirit is all connected. And so physically, if we don't have that healthy gut and if we're just not feeling great, you know, with in our body, it can definitely affect how we feel mentally and emotionally. So learning the proper nutrients to eat and giving our body what it needs is very important towards having mental wellness. And so that's, you know, one of the things I am working on also is getting certified in nutrition and psychotherapy because we have research has shown just the positive, you know, correlation between your mental health and the foods that you eat. I don't know if you're aware, but when you eat a lot of sugars, it actually can make you feel a little bit sad and depressed because all of those sugars can bring down your mood. And so if you find yourself like, well, I'm feeling down or sluggish or just kind of off. I would tell you to stop, pause and reflect on what you have been eating because your diet can definitely be an indicator to how you're feeling. So that's just something I have found to be very helpful um, for me. And another preventative measure and to reduce your risk of, you know, having breast cancer or catching it in the early stages is having a regular mammogram. That is so very important, you know, and and it's so interesting because I can recall they would tell us um, when I was younger that, oh, you didn't have to worry about getting a mammogram until you hit your 50s. Well, they brought that number down lower because people, women have been getting diagnosed with breast cancer at much earlier ages. I know someone, unfortunately, one of my friends who had a relative at 15 years old died from breast cancer. And you're thinking, oh, I thought, what, how 15 years old, that just doesn't seem possible possible, but it is. And so they definitely have been bringing that down to the forties and in their thirties, you know, having women to make sure we go on and get our mammograms. And, you know, it's not as scary as, as they made it out to, to appear because I was so, you know, leery about having to go and have a mammogram because I heard all of these horror stories, right? Like, oh my gosh, when you have to go get your mammogram, it's so painful and how they use the machine and then they squish down in your breast and it's just so, unco- you know, I just heard all of this terror. So 
the first time I actually went in and had a mammogram, I told the technician, I said, you know what? I am not, I'm a little nervous right now because I've heard such horror stories about how this is going to be. And so I didn't know what to expect. And when they actually did the exam, yeah, it was uncomfortable. Like, you know, cause you have your breast out and somebody's in there and they're putting it on this doggone contraption, right? But other than that, it actually didn't hurt. It wasn't as bad at all as what I was anticipating going in there. So here I was tense and tight and a little anxious because I already had in my mind how it was going to be. I already thought it was going to be such a negative, bad experience, right? Because remember we talked about your thoughts can impact how you feel and then your actions on what you do, right? So my thoughts were, this is going to be a really horrible experience. So I started to feel nervous and I started to feel anxious, right? And apprehensive about even going through with the exam because I did put it off for as long as I could. And I have a really great primary care physician who stayed on me. And kept saying, uh, no, we need you to schedule this, you know, it's time. And I'm like, okay, you know, I have a really good relationship and rapport with my my physician. And if you do not have one, ladies, I really want to recommend that you actually change your doctor. You have to take a very proactive approach and an active approach, uh, approach to your health. Your health is your health. You are your best advocate. And if you do not have a doctor that's listening to you, it's time for you to change and switch to another doctor. Your doctor is supposed to be there for you, specifically for you to address whatever needs that you have and to listen to you. If you feel like you're sitting there and your doctor is kind of talking over you or talking at you or not even listening to you, you have the right to request a new doctor. So I do want to encourage you with that. If that is something that you are experiencing, because I have had various women and it's very disheartening. I've had various women, you know, my clients that I've seen, and they've given me just these really horror stories with how they have been overlooked or how their doctor has been dismissive to whatever their concerns were. And I've really encouraged them and empowered them to really step up and do something about it. And and changing your physician is definitely one of those. Okay, so I digress. I went off on that little tangent. I just wanted to give you guys some encouragement that if you wanted to change your physician, you definitely can do that. But back to the mammogram. So when I actually had the mammogram, it wasn't painful at all like I thought it was going to be. Now, granted, the technician did say that um, the technology that we have now for breast cancer, you know, awareness or just breast cancer detection and, you know, early prevention is a lot different than it was 20 years ago. You know, so the machines more than likely probably were very painful, but now it's not painful at, at all. I was you know, pleasantly surprised afterwards. And I, I, I mean, I even told the lady, that's it? That we're done? Are, are you sure? You know, and she said, yeah, we're done. And I, I couldn't believe we were already done. So I, I tell you that because preventative measures is so important. Even before we get the mammograms, right? Women, how often are you actually doing your breast examination yourselves? Because that's something that we also need to make sure that we're doing. We know our bodies better than anyone else does. And we know when something is off. We know when something is wrong. We know when something does not feel right. Pay attention to those cues, ladies. Do not do the ostrich effect like I talk to my clients about. Do not stick your head in the sand. I can't hear it, can't see it, it doesn't exist. And be in denial because you're afraid. Early detection is key. 
if you think you find a lump in your breast, you need to make sure you go to your doctor, have it examined because they could catch it early on. Just because you find something doesn't mean that it's going to be life-threatening. But if you do not address it and take care of it, it definitely can be life-threatening. So I do want to encourage you, make sure that you are doing your regular breast exams. And if you're not certain how you're supposed to do that, talk to your primary care physician. Google is a great place also. They have all these different types of pamphlets that you can get that actually has visual images showing you how you actually need to and how you go about doing your breast exams, right, for yourself. And that's just important to make sure that we are doing that. And so Breast Cancer Awareness Month is during this month, in the month of October. I actually have my shirt. I have some socks. My daughter, she's also celebrating and helping, you know, spread the awareness. I got us some nice um, socks and it says, you know, cure, heal. What does my shirt say? I don't even... I was just wearing it the other day where it says, you know, cure and health and it's pink, right? So the breast cancer awareness, the color is pink. So you can actually show your support by wearing pink and, and by showing your support, by making sure you're taking care of yourself, that you are getting your, your mammograms. I don't know if it's, I think it's every two years. Once you hit age 40, I don't even want to say I've already passed that age. So yes, you have to make sure that you are getting your annual checkups and that you are, or biannual, however you want to call it, checkups, or just say regular checkups, and that you are making sure that you are, you know, consistently doing your own examinations of your breast to make sure if you feel any lumps or anything that concerns you, to make sure that you are definitely going and getting that checked out. And remember, I also said that October was Intimate Partner Violence, right? Awareness Month. And so intimate partner violence is a term that has been adapted now, I believe for about maybe the past five to seven years um, that they have utilized the word intimate partner violence. It used to be domestic violence. And, you know, domestic violence has such a negative feel to it. It had where, you know, it just implied that in order for it to be considered violence perpetrated against the individual, it had to happen in the home, right? Domestic violence, or it had to be someone that you were in a relationship with, that you were living with in the household with, and that's how they termed it as domestic violence. But with intimate partner violence, you don't have to live with the individual. You do not have, you could be on a date, right, with an individual. So it doesn't even have, you don't have to be in a relationship with the individual for it to be considered intimate partner violence. So it's any violence that is perpetrated against you in it when you are having some sort of an intimate kind of an engagement with the individual. Intimate engagement does not mean that you're sleeping or sexual or anything like that. You can just, like I said, simply be out on the date because you are intimately engaged, right? One-on-one interpersonal kind of thing with the individual. And so I found this very interesting um, on the Centers for Disease and Control and Prevention. They put out a data brief. It was updated. And this is from data received in 2015. And it was the National Intimate Partner and Sexual Violence Survey. And what the survey said was one in five women will experience completed or attempted rape during their lifetime. That's one in five. 22.5 million women in the U.S. will experience completed or attempted rape during their lifetime. And one in four men will experience the same. 
And we also know that with these numbers, oftentimes they're grossly underreported because there's a lot of factors why people do not want to report when they have experienced a rape or violence perpetrated against them. One of the things we know, you know, in America, we still do a poor job of protecting the ones who have survived. I don't want to say victims, but I'll say survivors, right? Because survivors and thrivers. And so we do oftentimes we shame and we blame the survivors, right? About what was their behavior like that caused the individual to do what they did. And so people oftentimes don't want to have to go through that and go through the courts and have to deal with, you know, everyone hearing their story and then reliving it. So there's a lot of factors and reasons that go behind why individuals do not report. I really want to encourage if that is something that has happened that, you know, you do speak up and you do get help is available and that you do get the services that are needed. And so one of the interesting facts is sexual violence, stalking, and intimate partner violence is a serious public health concern. It affects millions of people in the U.S. And when you experience these things, it definitely can lead to chronic physical and psychological health conditions, right? Some concerns, different types of, of dis- emotional distress, right? Diagnosis and symptoms that you have. And I looked online also, and what I I found was from the World Health Organization, they reported, and we're talking about globally now. So I I gave you the statistics in the United States, but globally, one in three women will experience violence across their lifetime. I mean, one in three. And they're subject to physical or sexual violence by an intimate partner. And this was very, I mean, just... It was really saddening when I, you know, heard this stat where one that the violence starts early. One in four young women, this is between the ages of 15 to 24 years old, who had been in a relationship had reported already experiencing violence by their intimate partner. So by the time they reached their mid 20s, one in four young women from 15 years old to 24 years old will have already experienced intimate partner violence. Back when I was in my master's program, so my under my um, my my graduate program, I actually had to do a project. And my project, it was a community project that I did for a whole year, and I did it with well, I think there were 5 of us total. So I did it, yeah, there were 5 in my group that we had to do, um, we had to complete a survey. So what we did was we reached out and we met with a local, um, within the community, we met with one of the local group homes so that we can present the information to the young um, teens that were there. Because our project was we researched and we looked at uh, intimate partner violence, but back then it was just domestic violence in teens. And it was startling just the information that we received. I mean, just the research back then was just showing how how prevalent it was for teens to be in violent relationships. And one that just stuck out with me with a story of a 15-year-old. And she broke up with her boyfriend because she said he didn't love her. And the reason why she said he didn't love her was because when she hit him, he didn't hit her back. And she felt that if you love someone, if he loved her, he would hit her. 
to demonstrate that love. And it was sad because guess what? She experienced that in her household. And so that's what she equated love to mean was if you love me, you would hit me. You would hurt me. That's just what we do. And it's just so sad. It was so sad to read that. And so a part of what we did was we took all of our research and we went and we did more of a psychoeducation within the community and presented that um, with a whole workshop to some young teenagers because we wanted to be preventative to just make them aware of what those challenges were. And so this month is, what did I say? Breast Cancer Awareness Month and Intimate Partner Violence Month. And so the reason why I wanted to talk to you about intimate partner violence, right, is because it does affect your mental health, your mental wellness. If you are experiencing or if you are in an abusive relationship, it definitely can affect you mentally, how you're feeling, your emotions, right? And there are various reasons why um, individuals have a difficult time with leaving. There are so many so many different reasons why. So I do want to encourage you, if this is you and you are listening, please, please, there are so many services out there now. It's a lot better than it had been 20 years ago, even 10 years ago. There's so many services out there that will help you and your children. And I just heard earlier today, there's also different organizations that help with pets because that was a recent study found that why some women did not leave the abusive. And the reason why I'm using women is because statistically it's women who are overwhelmingly the uh, victims, even though I use that word, Lucy, I hate to say victims, but who are the recipients of the violence when they are in relationships. And so that's why I use, we do know men experience it, but typically it's women overwhelmingly who um, are in those violent relationships and you know are the recipients of the abuse. And so the study was just saying that women didn't leave because they didn't want to leave their pets behind, you know, and, and some people may think, leave your pets behind. Why in the world wouldn't you want to leave? Well, if you're not a pet lover, you don't understand. And I wasn't a pet lover before. So I didn't understand it either. I didn't understand how people could love their pets like their like their children until I myself had my own pet for over 13 years. And we just loved Noah. He was one of the family members. My son would say, oh, that's my little brother, you know? And so he would curl up with us. And so if that's one of your family members, if you're experiencing the violence, you definitely, I can see why you don't want to leave behind your pet. But guess what? There are different programs available that will allow you to bring your animals with you and they will help you with getting back on your feet. They help you with jobs. They help you with relocation, having to get in a household. They help you with your children. So there are services available that are very confidential. I mean, there are services where they will definitely keep where you're at your location to make sure you are you are safe. Safety is so paramount. Safety is so very important. So I do want to just encourage you, if you are listening and you are finding yourself, you know, in a relationship that is violent and you're fearing for yourself, please, please reach out, get some help because it is available. Um, 211 is a great resource. So 211, if you go on the website, 211.org is a great resource where you can just go online or you can call it, pick up your phone. And call the number two one dial the number two one one, and it has a live person that will answer, and it's a resource center, a resource line, I should say, and so they actually have amazing different resources located in all over the United States, and particularly we're going to talk about California, but within California, different counties, you tell them what you're looking for, what city you're looking for, and they can give you that. I mean, down to 
um, needing a shelter down to needing food, asking about, you know, places that help with medical um, bills, whatever it is that you have a need for, call 211 or you can go online to 11.org and just get some great information on there so that you can get help. I want to just say this is so very important. I know typically I talk about, well, all different types of topics, but I just thought this was very important to spend this time just discussing these two topics that are very important and they affect our mental health, right? Because if we are in an abusive relationship, we're definitely not going to feel good about ourselves. We're definitely going to have periods of anxiety, periods of depression, right? You can have low self-esteem, low self-confidence. There's all types of things. And if, and also if you are experiencing or going through breast cancer, definitely can have some depression going on because of what you're going through, right? And some anxiety, not knowing what's going to happen, the anticipation of if the medication will work or if you're not taking the medication, how long will you have? Is it terminal, right? There's so many different factors that go in. And so I just wanted to come on and just share some of that information. Just talk about it. Talk about something that's prevalent that has been impacting women, you know, for a long time now. And so I'm of the persuasion and the mindset that the more we talk about things, the more we can minimize, right? Those different issues. The more we talk about things, the more open and people understand and they have information to be able to make informed decisions on what they need to do. It's not good to sweep things under the rug. It's not good to deny, to put your hands over your ears, to close your eyes and act as if things are not happening. That does nothing. It doesn't make things go away. It just prolongs it or it just makes it worse by the time you decide to start dealing with things. And so it is just my hope that you who are listening, and if you know someone who may be, you know, experiencing or in a violent relationship, speak out, just give them support. Sometimes it's really difficult for the people who are supporting or the friends or the family members when they see this going on and you feel like, well, they're just going to go back anyway. Right. But still just be there. Right. And, and give them some information. So when they are ready or able, then they can go ahead and leave or they can go ahead and make the decision, right. To step out and to take care of themselves and do what's best for them and their children. So this is it, everyone. You have been listening to Dr. Nicole L. Arcady, your mental wellness expert. We were just talking about just some things that are going on with October, right? National Breast Cancer Awareness Month and also Intimate Partner Violence Awareness Month. And so I I wanted to also share with you guys, if you are wondering, because I've had, I mean, various people reach out to me asking me to speak on the topic and asking for more information about grief and loss. I actually have on, if you visit our Katie Wellness Academy, that's our online academy that we have. And that's where you can access different types of trainings that are on their workshop classes that you can go at your own pace, at your own time, has great interactive material, um, things that you can download so you can have them available with you forever. You can log on to that, our Katie uh, Wellness Academy dot com if you're or just go to the website you can go to arcadywellness.com that's our counseling website and we have a link there where you can access it but there is a um, grief and loss managing your pain so it's coping with your grief and loss effectively so there is a online class on that available for you so if you are saying you know what I really want some some information I want to know how to work through this grief and this pain and this loss and and I'm just stuck right now and don't know how to really move forward then go ahead visit that website and be able to 
you know, walk through and at your own pace, at your own leisure and gain some valuable information that can definitely help you through there. And then take a look at some of the other courses that we have available as well that you may find very beneficial. If you want to keep in touch with me, please email me and that is info at NicoleArcady.com. Or you can also sign up for my newsletter that comes out, provides great information on mental wellness with different tips and tools on helping you stay centered. And you can visit either NicoleArcady.com or ArcadyWellness.com. Either way, you can sign up for the the newsletter that way. And that way you can stay in touch and, and never miss out on any amazing information that can definitely be helpful to help you with engagement with what you're doing within the community, with your family, just helping you have that great mental health, that great wellness. And so that you are able to do the things that you need to do, engage in all that you need to engage in and just enjoy life. Because one thing that 2020 has taught me is, Life is for the living. Okay. That is just what, how I believe now. That is my whole model. Life is for the living. So I'm going to live. And what that means is I'm going to take my vacations. I'm going to make sure I'm taking care of my mental wellness. I am making sure I do self-care even more. So I have been doing self-care. I was doing it, but even more so I realized the importance of just really engaging with my family, just really enjoying life. Being in the present moment, experiencing each moment as it comes and not having regrets because life is not for you to have or be full of regrets. And so that's just what I've learned in 2020, dealing with a whole lot of things. So with that being said, we have come to the end of the road as boys to men said, still, I won't let go. Right. But it is time for me to go. So I hope you guys all had a wonderful, wonderful Monday. And I hope that this week goes well for you, that you are just engaging this week, that you have a a ball full of energy to be able to get through all the things you have to get through and to meet all of your obligations that you have to meet. If you have not visited my my Instagram or follow me on my Instagram, the handle is Dr. Nicole Arcady, where I have different motivational, inspirational topics to help you feel centered and take on that day. Also visit my YouTube channel, Dr. Nicole Arcady, where also you can see videos on there, all centered around mental wellness. And as I already mentioned, my two websites, www.nicolearcady.com or arcadywellness.com. Visit those and find different information on there that can be very helpful to you. It is it, guys. So this is all I hope, like I said, I can't keep saying it enough. Have a fantabulous rest of the week and day. And I will talk to you guys again and cannot wait until it is Monday again. So once again, you have been listening to Dr. Nicole L. Arcady, your mental wellness expert. And why is it so very important for me to talk about and you to hear about mental wellness? Well, that's just simple because you matter too. Ta-ta for now, everyone, and take care.